back. Devils on the Rush, Season 2, Episode 9. Wow, one week closer to hockey. Uh, the big boys report this week, uh, but plenty of action with the prospects over the weekend. Alex, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. We have, uh, we had, I get not fake hockey, but unofficial hockey this weekend with the prospects challenge. And then uh, real hockey is, I guess, semi-real hockey because it's preseason. Um, you know, just a week away, less than that, actually, at this point. So yeah, it's time to get going here for sure. Yeah, I, and also some big news in the Metro this week as well. Um, plenty to get to on this week's episode. Uh, I think we'll 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 get to the Metro news in just a second. But um, there was there was the prospects challenge, and then uh, I think we'll do a nice uh, preview of uh, the camp that's going uh, players reporting tomorrow, the twentieth. We are recording uh, Tuesday night, the nineteenth. Um, so hopefully we'll get this out tonight. Alex, um, Mike Babcock, the coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, had to resign following an investigation from the NHL's Players Association after the news of him going through phones, uh, players' phones, was first reported by the Spit and Chicklets podcast. Um, Can't say I'm shocked, but... I guess what I'm shocked about is that his tenure has come to an end so quickly. Yeah, that's pretty much how I feel about it, too. Like, I'm not surprised he had to resign over doing stuff that he used to do, you know, in previous stops around the NHL. I'm just surprised he apparently wasn't smart enough to hold off for a few months. Um, He didn't even get to coach a game for them, so... Uh, definitely problematic if you're a Columbus Blue Jackets fan. Uh, I'm like I said, I'm not really surprised that he he's a 60 year old white dude, like just, just kind of stuck in his ways at this point. I'm I don't know why people kind of really expected him to change. Um, so you know that sucks for the Blue Jackets. They're in a tough spot now because Pascal Vincent has to take over four days heading into training camp, which is a tough spot for him. I mean, he, I know he's been with the organization for a while. He's had like some AHL coaching experience with them. Um, so that definitely helps, but, uh, yeah, I'm not really surprised by any of it. Yeah. I mean, stories like this, you know, are, are rampant when you look at his career back, uh, even, you know, with the Red Wings and, and then the Maple Leafs, we all know the Mitch Marner story, um, we know uh, the feud he had with Chris Chelios. We know the feud he had with so many of his players. Um, so, yeah, good riddance. Uh, yeah. We need to get people like that out of the game of hockey. Yeah, I mean, his career is over. He's not getting a job again in the, as a head coach, at least, you know, uh, after this. I think, I don't know if you saw this. I think it was something that Biz and Wit talked about on uh the most recent Spit and Chicklets podcast, which I guess came out today. I don't, I don't listen to them, but like some of the details uh, were pretty disturbing. Um, where is it? Yeah, so like one of the incidents that happened, and this is, I think, what really ultimately led to Babcock getting canned. Um, it, several of the incidents happened at his house. And there was at least one of the incidents reported to Whitney. A young player was invited for lunch, told to take out his phone. Babcock flipped through his phone, through his photos, and then told him to leave without giving him lunch. Um, so, like, he's still a psychopath, apparently. Um, 
no mention of who that player was, obviously, uh, which is you can't kind of put that player on blast. But yeah, if I went over like it's I know Goudreau and Boone Jenner said like they were OK with it, but like they're married with like in their early 30s, late 20 with kids, I think. I know Goudreau is. I don't know about Boone Jenner, but I'm pretty sure he is. You know, it's one thing for them to like share photos with, you know, Babcock, but like a 20 year old like Cole Sillinger who just broke up with, you know, Tate McRae. Probably a little different. Um, probably some photos that you might not people you don't want people to see. I mean, you shouldn't go through anyone's phones. It's just an if invasion my boss of privacy. Ever but... asked to see my phone. And then yeah, went I would, through my pictures. I mean, that, that's an HR incident right then and there. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, the fact that the Blue Jackets players didn't feel comfortable going to Kekalainen about this and they went to spit and chicklets uh, is also an indictment on that front office that your players are not comfortable to go speak to an issue uh, with an issue. Your head coach, that's a little you should probably be concerned about that if you're a Blue Jackets fan, too. Um but yeah, I'm not surprised that ba- even when I just saw that this morning or like earlier this afternoon that what happened at Bob Cox's house, I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's not really out of line for him. That's kind of what we've kind of known of him over the last few years. And apparently he hasn't changed. He's still the same you know, person that he was with the Red Wings and stuff. Um, the fact that he didn't like I saw someone tweeted like, you know, you could have at least given the kid a sandwich and some chips. But, you know. <laughs> Didn't even do that. So that's, yeah, it's rough stuff. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Goodbye. See ya. Yeah, he's done. You're not going to see him coaching the NHL again. And if someone does try to give him an NHL coaching gig again, then what are you doing? Yeah. Now, do you have any knowledge of Pascal Vincent? No, I I just know the name. And I think he was their AHL head coach for a little bit before getting promoted to an assistant on the previous staff with Brad Larson. Um, but I don't really know anything about him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what what comes with that team. I mean, they they, you know, they got some talent on there, and Fantelli seems to be uh, yeah. at least his showing over the weekend seems to be everything, and then some. So yeah, I mean, I definitely think they'll be better, but uh, I don't know that it depends what that room looks like now are they fractured like because is there like a little bit of mistrust between some of the younger players and the veterans after because it's i mean just from the wood it sounds like like the young players didn't really go to the veterans uh, about this like saying that they were uncomfortable about it because didn't goudreau say no one like reached out to him saying that there was that, that they were uncomfortable with babcock was doing yeah i mean uh... <sighs> I don't know. I, I think that's tough, right? These these young guys haven't even met the young old guys yet. They haven't yeah, had a camp true. with them. So, like, they, they don't know them from their ass from their hand. I mean, you know, it's – it's. I, I don't I don't see that as an indictment. I I also think the Yarmo thing's a little weird too, right, because these, these players have been employed by the Blue Jackets for about two seconds. So uh, I don't know if they would exactly, you know – they're, they also see Yarmo as their boss too, right? So like, they're whatever they're doing, they're just trying to, trying to to make the team. And I guess they probably wouldn't want any disruption in that sense. So, you know, it's. I mean, and it all really started from an ex-player saying he did this and he wanted to warn the young players that Babcock might do this to them. So that's. I mean, that's and where he, this all started. 
Yeah, isn't yeah, isn't that what Wit said? Someone had like reached out to them like in the middle of the summer that you know Babcock yeah. does this kind of stuff or um Yeah yeah. Yeah, I so, don't know. It's it, it was bad. All of it was yeah. bad. Oh all, all bad. Um should we get to some good and some bad and maybe a little ugly? Uh yeah. All right. I and mean, I'm referring to the prospect challenge. So the Devils uh came away with a one and two record. Um, falling first to the Senators and then to the Sabres and then rebounding on Monday morning with a win against the Bruins. Alex, if you had to give me three big takeaways from this prospects challenge, what would they be? Um, all right. So the first one for me was, uh, uh, I mean, Simon, I guess we'll start with like some of the bigger players. I thought Nemitz was really good. Um, it was really good defensively, which I think stood out to me. Um, he was looked stronger uh, than he was a season ago. He was making some good plays in the defensive zone. Um, there was one instance where he like batted down a puck in midair and just kind of like killed the. I think it was against the Sabers, killed like the four check there. Um, yeah, I think offensively he probably still has another gear. We didn't really see that much of it from him um, in this tournament, but he was still pretty good. Um, in transition and I'm not ever sure he'll really be a big point producer anyway so as long as he can just move the puck efficiently I think that's fine but the to me it's just like seeing his defensive game progress I think was a a pretty good uh, sign I don't know if he's NHL ready yet we'll find out here when preseason games start but I don't think he's that far off yeah I think you know Devils fans are going to be super curious to see what Simon Nemich brings brings to the table and especially at camp I mean I think this is a step in the right direction with uh, showing out in the prospects challenge. Um, I think, you know, he was definitely noticeable on ice and, you know, you know, all the, all the plays you just recounted as well. Um, I just don't know if he's going to make the 23 man roster, right? He's, he might be the odd man out with that Colin Miller acquisition. So yeah, interesting to see, but definitely this is what you want to see from him. There's not much more he can do. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's probably just sitting with Fitz and, and Fitz, you know, not wanting to pull that lever just yet. Yeah. I'd be kind of surprised if he made that 23 man roster. Uh, I think he'd just have to be absolutely insane preseason games to do so. Um, especially since Colin Miller, like they didn't bring Colin Miller in to ride the bench. Like he's gonna, he's gonna play. Um, he's a veteran, pretty good still. So you know, it'd be tough, but injuries happen and, you know, you could definitely see Nemitz make the team. I would be surprised. He's probably, the, I would imagine he's the first call up if someone gets injured on defense, especially on the right side. Um, so even without like having played preseason games, it, you know, seems like he's in a good spot at this point with the organization, but yeah, I don't think he's making opening night roster. I'd be pretty surprised if he did. Yeah. Interesting to see though. I mean, he, He's a hell of a player. He, that's that's what that, is it, he'll be. He'll be there sooner rather than later. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, what's what was what was the second takeaway for you, Alex, um, from from the prospects challenge? Yeah. So one prospect that I didn't really know much about heading into the tournament was Daniel Masnul. Um, you had about four years of. KHL experience uh, heading into the tournament. He's a little older, too. He's already 22. Third-round pick of the Devils in the 2019 draft. Um, 
yeah, I just didn't really know what like how he played, but uh, I thought he was probably the second best player for the Devils at the tournament. Um, really sound defensively. Um, I thought he made good decisions with the puck too. Um, he had a little more offensive ups- offensive upside than I thought. Um, he, he was not afraid to shoot the puck. He was he was shooting it quite a bit across all three games. Um, I think his hockey sense was really good too. There was a play in the Bruins game where he was kind of he dove down behind the goal line, just kind of like circled around the offensive zone and fed a puck back to Tobias Villan at the the blue line. But Villan bobbled the puck and it led to a Bruins uh, partial breakaway. But Misul tracked all the way back. He re- he recognized right away that the pass was going to go off Villan's stick. He tracked all the way back and broke up the scoring chance before the Bruins could even get a shot on goal. So I think he's a smart player as well big guy he's like i saw in the lead prospect he's listed at like 6'3 196 but he skates quite well for a guy his size um pretty intriguing prospect um i'd be he's not making the team right away for sure but i could see him ticketed for top four minutes in utica he's um a little bit i think todd cordell wrote about this he's kind of like a similar player to kevin ball um I think Masul has a little more fluidity to his games, a little bit more mobile than Ball is, but same type of like defensive defenseman who can skate well and he's got good size and probably can move the puck a little bit. So just be interesting to see how he does with the comments this season because I could earn himself a call up at some point. So you're telling me that the Devils are good at scouting Eastern European players? Yeah, and in the mid rounds again, mid late <laughs> rounds. So, yeah, was that the, I mean, the Jack Hughes class that got Gritzuk and Graham Clark, and uh, get to him in a second? But yeah, that. Uh, oh, and Jack Hughes, right? Yeah, Jack Hughes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, totally excited to see this kid. I mean, he's an absolute rock star. Yeah, he's. I um, mean, yeah, He'll get the. He played aggressive in that first game against um, Ottawa. He kind of like he almost murdered Ridley Gregg, and then he dropped the gloves soon after that because he had to answer for that hit. Um, he played a pretty out of control game. That not out of control, but he was definitely played a really aggressive game. But what I like from him over the last two games is he was much more measured and uh, I think collected would probably be the right word like he played he was probably super amped just yeah, to be on the ice agreed yeah i thought the last two games he was like okay i got my legs under me now just kind of play my game here yeah it's just incredible so you did does he does this change your opinion of him does this bring him as like a top 10 prospect for you for the devils uh it could i gotta see what he looks like in utica for a little bit i just think that'll be ton kind of tough to assess because i don't think he'll put up that many points with utica so you'll really have to watch the games to see what he looks like defensively um i just got my email today to re-sign up for a ahl package uh ahl i did ahl tv during the pandemic and it was pretty good i'm not gonna lie yeah. it, was, it was good quality yeah, I haven't. Uh, I might just do it, just you know, support the league and yeah, maybe catch we'll a see. game here and there. But do you think that Fitz knew that he had Miss Yule up his sleeve, and that's why he was like, "Fine, we can," you know, Shakir Madulin. Yeah, I think so. Just, he mentioned. I don't know if he mentioned Miss Yule after they gave up Shakir for Meyer, or if he mentioned him. Um, you know, like at his end of season press conference, but I do remember him mentioning Miss Yule recently at some point in this calendar year. 
Um, so I think they were pretty aware that uh, they might have something there, that someone that who has initial upside and could contribute to the roster at some point. Yeah, uh, another great job by the front office because this just adds to an already crowded blue line for what it seems with the Devils, and it sounds like this kid's just going to be another rock solid. You know, I mean, listen, even if he turns out to be a third pair, that's fine. Yeah, if you just find yeah. NHLers in the mid rounds, you're doing a great job. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, third and final theme um, or standout or storyline. What was it for you? Yeah, so like I, I could go with the goaltending, but they also didn't have their two best prospects, two of their best prospects. They're in Malik and uh, Nico Dawes. Nico Dawes out until December after having hip surgery this offseason, and then Malik's uh, season in Finland is underway, so couldn't bring him over. So I could go with that, but I think for me it was more that Graham Clark was good, but he wasn't like he didn't blow me away. Like I thought he had a good tournament, but like for someone that we thought you know maybe would be able to compete with Alexander Holtz for a top nine spot this year, um, I think he's got some work to do. I think that you you could see that's probably the case considering they um, played him in all three games this weekend. I think if they thought he was going to be, you know, if he was ready to make a serious push for um, playing on the the, the roster he would have probably sat out the last game against the Bruins so um I think he's got work to do but he was good uh he had a couple goals the goals were like typical Graham Clark goals too they were snipes um he's got a great shot his stick handling is pretty good um I saw they were even playing him on the penalty kill a little bit against the Bruins so like if he wants to make a team in a bottom six role you know you probably have to at least contribute in penalty kill a little bit so they did give him a look that way but i i don't know we'll see how he looks in the preseason you can't you know prospects tournament is not the final determinant if he's gonna make you know the nhl roster or not so we'll see what he looks like in the preseason game but i think he's got work to do i'm gonna leave my opinion on this for the for the next segment because obviously i think you know the biggest open spot is the third line winger and we should talk about that in, in the camp preview yeah but to your point, good but not great. And yeah. if you're going to be pushing for a spot on this team, who's the third best odds? Third? Uh, yeah, like third or fourth. It depends where you look. Third? Third best yeah. odds to, to, to win the Stanley Cup, right? We're talking about Stanley Cup here. You got to be great, uh, especially at a prospects challenge, especially as an overager. I, I don't even know if I'm using that term correctly, but I mean, he's definitely one of the older players there. Yeah, he's 21 or 22. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and I'd say one full season of AHL hockey sprinkled in with other injury riddled seasons uh, prior to that. But the kids got experience playing professional hockey. And if you're not going to come out there and dominate something like this, um, and then expect to make the team. It, it, those two things don't don't match up. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I, like you definitely didn't dominate the tournament, and that's maybe a little bit of the product. That just you know, the Devils' best prospects are not really going to these tournaments anymore. So like his, he was on a line with either Josh Philman had a good tournament, and he looked pretty good, but like the, either Xavier Perrant was um, centering them, and TJ Friedman was he's um, undrafted. Uh, free agent who will be playing with the Comets this year. He was on the Quinnipiac um, 
national championship team. He was their center, I think, against Boston. So, like, he wasn't always playing with, like, top-end talent. So that could be one reason why he just didn't really dominate. And I don't. he's not the type of winger that's probably ever going to dominate again. You know, a line or at at, um, at five on five. So but playing just, the third game though is very telling. To your point, yeah, I think so for sure. And that was his best game for sure. I thought he had his best game in against the Bruins. So that's a good sign. But yeah, definitely work to do. Okay, let's get to honorable mentions. Um, I know you mentioned Josh Filman uh, had a decent prospect challenge. Any other honorable mentions for you? Um, yeah, I liked Santeri Hataka, who was a throw-in in the Timo Meyer deal. Um, you know, Tom Fitzgerald can, said Can you spell point. that for me? It's Finnish. So Santeri, S-A-N-T-E-R-I, Hataka, H-A-T-A-K-K-A. I um, hope he makes, I just hope he makes the team just to hear Ken Danico say that name. Yeah, well, he's probably not going to make the team, but if they ever need a call-up for injuries, like, I thought he played. Like, oh, not, I, I, I mean, just in general, because I've never heard of this person before in my life. Wait, that's because uh, he was a throw-in. He was a throw-in in the Timo Meyer deal last year, but he never played because he was injured um, with Utica last year. So, so like oh, so I probably game. have read this name before uh, on this podcast, and now I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Meyer trade was like eight months ago at this point. Oh, and it was like to- eighty thousand pieces too. It was massive. Yeah, so um, yeah, he was part of that deal, and uh, he like if he's probably like a seventh. If he's only twenty two, so it's not like they got some twenty five year old throwing in that deal. Like he could be a solid depth piece for the organization if they ever need to like call an AJ Greer. Uh, yeah, something like the defensive version of AJ Greer. Yeah, um, yeah. You ever need a call up? I thought he was sound defensively. Like he didn't really make any glaring mistakes for the most part. Played a little bit of. He showed like a little bit of a physical side too. Um, so he'd be an honorable mention for me. That Topovias VN kind of struggled a little bit. Uh, wasn't the best tournament for him, but I think and we had high hopes for him coming out of. Um... The uh, the summer, Finland. yeah, no, 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 oh, no, the no the, show, yeah, the prospect, yeah, summer no. showcase, yeah, yeah. So um, I like, just think he needs time to adjust to North American ice. So I'm not really that concerned about him. Him or Monsieur right now, right? I mean, yeah, based off this tournament, Monsieur looked like he's would be closer to contributing in NHL games. But Monsieur is, I think, I'm pretty sure Monsieur is like a year, a year and a half older than him too. So that definitely affects. He's him. also, I mean, say what you want about Russia, but the KHL is the you know, the second best league, right? So to, to play in that league consistently is, is good, good. Yeah. Training. And he still had been playing in that league since he was like 18. So he's, he's, uh, he's been there for a while. Yeah. So, um, okay. So to Pius Villian, eh, yeah, probably need some more time to adjust up in Utica. Um, you mentioned the goaltending, um, you know, should we shout out Riley? I mean, he's yeah, he a, he late, yeah. late add-in, right? Because um, he's not part of the organization, right? No, he's going. He's still going back to the QMJHL for his final season of junior eligibility. So, um, one more season there, and then we'll see if the Devils maybe decide to draft him late next year or undrafted free agents, something like that. But he w- was really good in that game against the Bruins. Um, it was his, his lone start. His own action of the tournament as well. Um, but yeah, he looked good. Um, you know, just worth seeing how he plays in the queue this year. Um, you know, I think he should be Drummondville's starter, so he's going to get good ice time. But yeah, he was good. I liked his game. 
Okay, I mean, why not add another brother to the mix? I mean, God, why haven't we gotten Riley down here yet? Yeah. I mean, the Devils uh, have been doing this since Lamorello. <laughs> get the brother into the, the organization somehow. So The Zajac brothers, the Gianta brothers. Pandolfo, uh brother at one Wasn't Pandolfo's brother in the organization? I think so. I think yeah. so. Um, he, I mean, God knows, did he try to get Rob here? Rob. Niedermeyer. He was on the team once, remember? I know, but when Not Scott was time, here. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No, he was later, later, right? He, yeah, it was he, after Scott, yeah. Yeah. So, um, oh, God, if he could have brought him here with Scott. Imagine. <laughs> <sighs> Reminiscing. <laughs> Probably would have been four. It could have been, yeah. Um. All right. Now, um. Any other last 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 takes from the prospects That's, challenge? Should cover it all. Yeah, that should cover yeah. it. All right. Let's uh let's take a quick break and uh, then we'll come back and do a full preview of the camp. Hey everyone, Alex here from Devils on the Rush. We're back with another week of football and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, especially if you're a Jets fan. So download the app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 888- Seven eight nine seven seven seven, or visit ccp ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. Twenty one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com/slash/football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right, and we are back. Um, time to do a full Devils on the Rush camp preview. Um, I've been waiting for this day for a while. I think we all have. Uh, you nearly... Uh, Jumped me out of my seat when you sent me that screenshot of Nico, Timo, and uh, Jonas uh, on the, on the flight plane. over. Yeah. yeah, from Switzerland. I mean, Jesus. Absolute man rocket after man rocket. So <laughs> plenty of fuel on that plane. So uh, other quick team news. Uh, Timo Meyer has officially switched his number back to 28 with the departure of Damon Severson. Alex. General vibes right now. How are you feeling going into camp? Um, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, last year I like was cautiously optimistic because um, I thought the team could be pretty good last season, 
And, you know, there's obviously the whole Fire Lindy thing after two games, but the, that went away this, pretty quickly. This year you're just kicking the door down, let's do this? Yeah, you know that um, that gif of, like, big dude in a big bird costume who just comes down and kicks down the door? That's basically yeah. how I'm feeling right now. Um, you know, like, the expectations are a lot different now. Like, last year it's like, okay, this team could be good, but will they be good? Now it's like, okay, this team should be good, and they should be, like, you know, top top five in the league maybe definitely a playoff contender possible stanley cup contender like it's a totally different vibe around the team heading into camp um you, know, you got tyler Toffoli joining the team um you know more you know another year for jack hughes just for brat nico he sure all of them so like yeah it's, everything feels different this time around for sure you know it, it's so funny because when i you know when the devils went to the jets game you saw tyler Toffoli there and i always keep forgetting that we acquired a 34 goals goal scorer from last year i mean like it's insane like that team yeah. doesn't need like the offensive firepower was not the issue for them uh, maybe a little bit in the playoffs and the power yeah, play sure. but they still scored plenty of damn goals yeah like offense is not it was never an issue for this team and it's probably it really shouldn't be an issue this year unless you know God forbid they have like the injury bug, but like, you, yeah, I mean, they're going to score. They got three guys, four, five, five, five guys who can hit 30 goals, right? Uh, and Dawson Mercer came pretty close to it last year. He had, what, 27? So, uh, this potential. And if Holtz really breaks out, you never know. That could be another 20 to somewhere in between. I don't think he's a 30 goal guy yet. That'd be crazy, but you maybe 20. You know, he could hit 20 this year in the right situation if he's ready to contribute. So. Um, I, don't even bring that into the conversation. And to, let's see if the kid even makes the goddamn team because the last two camps weren't he's exactly making the stellar. Team. Holtz, Holtz is making the team. Yeah, he's making. You think? He's on the wrong you team. think it's a, it's a lock? Yeah, I I think he'd have to be just absolutely god awful to not make the team. Um, I think he's pretty he's pretty much a lock. Yeah, like who's gonna okay. outplay him? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he has waivers exempt, um, and they have Nolan Foot. So, like, and Nolan Foot needs waivers to go down this year. So, maybe that's one reason that will factor into their decision making. But, I mean, if he plays really well in the preseason, you can't send them down. Okay. Okay. Um, all right, Alex, what, what are you most excited to see right now going into camp? Like what, what's, what's getting your juices going? What's waking you up in the morning? Um, I'm interested to see, I guess we'll stick with Holt here, how Lindy Ruff is going to play him in the preseason. What line combos is he going to try? Is he going to try something like Andre Palat and Eric Halla, like as like a third line role? Is he going to, is he going to let him roll with, uh, Jack and Jesper and just let's see if this guy can rip, you know, shots from Jack and um, Jesper and be like the complimentary piece that, um, you know, that, that line could, could use. Um, like if that's the case, if Holtz can gel with Jesper and uh, Jack, then you could put to Foley with Meyer and Heischer and it's all of a sudden that gives you, and you have Mercer on your third line that just gives your top nine, a whole different dynamic. So I'm interested to see what the plan is for him and how they're going to, you know, experiment with him in the line combos in preseason games. Do lines matter with Lindy Ruff? Do lines yeah. matter? I mean, how many times were lines just put in a blender? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it does, because, like, if they're going to stick him with, like, McLeod and Nolan Foote on the fourth line, I don't really Oh, yeah, okay, fair uh, fair enough. Four, yeah. I, I'm talking top nine, then, I guess. Yeah, no, he's I mean, always going to throw them in the blender, but, like, I want to see, like, if he's using them, it depends, like, if he's using him in a third-line role, second-line role, like, who's he going to play him with uh, during the preseason? Last year was Andre Palat and Jack Hughes, and he looked pretty good. So, like, oh, well, he's making the team, but they never really gave him a look with those guys ever again in the regular season. Um, so it'll just be interesting to see how, the what H- they think of him a year later. Was that the H2O line? It was the H2 line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. So Holt's definitely excited to see him excited to see what another off season of training brings for him. Um, yeah, I think, you know, we broke it down last pot. I mean, it's really just his mental, mental game. Let's see if he can bring it and bring it consistently. Um, for myself, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just excited to see this, you know, the team. I like, I, I can't wait for media day. I can't wait for the interviews. I love just, you know, wasting time at work. I'm kidding. Um, no, but all serious, like just like, you know, throughout, you know, in the background or when I'm working out or driving home, just listening to the, the extended raw interviews with the players with the first media day. I mean, I, I just love that stuff. I, to me, that, that gets that gets me going. I just love hearing from the players, uh, trying to get a feel for the new players, trying to get a feel for what Toffoli's like, what Miller's like. Um and maybe, you know, sometimes you get some good anecdotes from the summer or you hear from Camp Hughes, what, what went on there. I mean, we got a little tidbit of that on the 32 Thoughts uh, Friedman style. It sounds like Jack's the best golfer in the house there. Um, but, yeah, for me, I love Media Day. I just love it. And then, you know, they're good. You'll get some behind-the-scenes photos of them doing some stupid games or something that they'll run on the Jumbotron during the season uh, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, for me, I'm most excited for Media Day. Yeah, Media Day is always fun because it's like, okay, it's time to get going here. Like, everything is really starting. This is the real start of things here. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, one question for you. Are, are we ever going to get an announcement on Lindy Ruff? How long is the contract? Well, he's talking tomorrow, I think, or Thursday. So Someone's like, got to ask, right? Yeah, That's going to be the first question. Yeah, I would have to think someone is asking him. I don't know if it's the I first mean, question. A good friend of the pod, Novo, will definitely ask that. I mean, he, I mean, he Mike Moriel, uh, Novo, someone's got to ask. But yeah, he's under contract for sure. I mean, he they wouldn't be. Saying I must how say, over the years, these Devils reporters are getting you know a little bit more punchy with the questions, and I love it. Yeah, I mean, you got to ask. That's definitely something you got to ask. Whether they divulge the actual terms of his contract, I think that's more a question. I don't think Lindy's going to say. I think it'd be more something Fitz will answer. Um, well, I think the Lindy first question get, just has to be: Are you under contract? That would be pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no one should ask that. Like, are you under contract? I'm sure Lindy will laugh and give like a dry humor response to it. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I'm sure someone's going to bring it up and it, it could definitely get some laughs depending on somehow, uh, some, the way someone, uh, phrases it. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, all right. How about this? What are, what are your three biggest questions going into, uh, camp? Um, sorry. So the, I guess I know in particular order, but I'm just like, I mean, it's just to see, like, Akira Schmidt, like, okay, this is my job now. Um, is he going to take that, like, 1A roll away from Vitek Vanacek? Uh, I would say no to start the season, but, you know, as things go along, you never know. Um, just interested to see how that unfolds. 
Um, I think that I'm not, like I said, I'm not ordering this, but I think that might be number one for me. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I, I was just thinking about this. I was like, is because I, I I don't think the comments from Dan McKinnon can be forgotten, right? I mean, yeah, just in the middle of the summer, guy. he basically said Akira is going to play in the AHL. We want him to play in the AHL. I mean, maybe I'm paraphrasing there, but that was exactly the message I got from those comments. Um, but now he's without doubt in my eyes firmly on the team. I mean, yeah. there's no AHL in his future. Yeah, I mean, unless we wake up tomorrow and like oh by the way if we've brought in Yaroslav Halak in on a PTO and then it's like okay we have a little bit of competition here but I don't really think I'm anticipating that at this point they wouldn't have signed Kincaid if Halak was coming well I don't know about that because if they brought Halak in on a PTO they're signing him to play in the AH, NHL and Schmidt that's is going true. the AHL so we'll see I don't really think that's going to be a thing but Halak is still out there and he's still not bad and he's familiar with the local teams so we'll see i wouldn't bet on it but you never know i guess is he better than the than the kid we signed from toronto Shalgren? Toronto? uh yeah yeah he's he's better than Shalgren. Shalgren, okay interesting to see i mean that if you're Kira Schmidt, I mean, why why not start in the NHL? I mean, after your playoff performance, like you you've earned it. So, I, I yeah, think I think the I don't think I, they I don't think they go Halak. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think they just roll with Vandeshek and Schmidt, and then they have Kincaid and Schalgren as you know AHL depth. So, I think that's how it, it folds. And and then you're also getting Nico Dawes back in December. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he should be. We'll see. You know what he looks like. That's a tough injury. It might take him a little while to get up to speed. But yeah, he'll be back. But I'm, I'm still not. I still think he's got something in him. There was, there was NHL games where he showed a lot of promise. Yeah, I think he could be really good too. So, um, you know, it's like a high end one B, like Vanacek was when before he came to New Jersey. So, um, yeah, we'll see. All right. Um, question number two. I mean, did we already hit on it? Is it who's going to be the third line? Let's let's exclude that. I think because we've we've cashed we've on talked that. about it quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's going to be the third line? I mean, is is it is? I mean, what, what's number two for you? Uh, where's Luke Hughes playing? Um, or how are they going to use him? Um, is Luke Hughes going on a pair with John Marino? Because that would mean really difficult defensive minutes, and I don't think you want to do that to Luke right away. Or is he going on the third pair with Colin Miller and being this year's Damon Severson, at least to start the season? Um, I think that's the best fit for him. You could, hypothetically, you could probably pull it off with Dougie Hamilton, um, but Dougie still plays, you know, he still plays some difficult defensive minutes. I don't know if you want. You to would have there, five but... forwards on the ice, Alex. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> if you need a goal, you're definitely putting Luke. If you need to get back into the game, you definitely got to give Luke and Dougie a look. Um, that that could be a lot of fun offensively, and uh, yeah, you could see some crazy comebacks if you need that. Yeah, I see you just putting your hand over your head like that right now. I know you. You're getting excited thinking about that. But, I mean, I mean, uh, to be fair, the there, I think there's only one other team that could probably match that like from an offensive standard and i think that would be pittsburgh with carlson and Latang. uh yeah probably i mean carolina's got some good puck movers there with orloff d'angelo and brett burns but 
yeah, I, I think Carolina would probably match that too, honestly. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anyone else? I mean, uh, I mean Colorado no, basically I mean, the, does it with Devin Taves and Cal McCarr. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that's their first pair, which is insane. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's about it. So, yeah, I'm just interested to see where Luke is playing this year uh, or, like, how Lindy Ruff is planning on using him to start the season. I think that's definitely going to be something interesting to watch. I, For me, I've even written about it a few times over this offseason that I think he's going to end up with Colin Miller to start, and they're going to kind of use him as uh, in the Seaverson role just because that gets the best out of Luke's game, the puck moving ability, the skating. He can use that in, like, the Seaverson role. Without question on the second power play, right? Without question, he's quarterback. Yeah, I would be the really surprised. PP. Yeah, I would be really surprised if he wasn't. Yeah, I mean, because obviously Dougie's number one. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm sure. just excited to see him on the ice, right? Like, just skating. I mean, last, I mean, how many times have I watched that goal against the Capitals over and over again this summer? Um, I'm just so excited to see him and Jack. There's going to be a lot of. They kept showing that goal. Yeah, they did, and, and I just can't yeah, wait for the prospects for Hughes. Yeah. Hughes, did they? Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, and, and during the intermissions of the periods, they were like showing highlights from last season, and the Luke Hughes goal always came up. I was like, ah, oh, we're gonna get to see him on the ice again in a few, uh, a few days. So, yeah, should be fun. All right, what is the last final remaining question you got um, for for us going into camp here? Um, does Andre Palat show bounce back potential after I'm just going to go ahead and assume he wasn't really hundred percent. Even when he came back from that injury, he's just kind of like took him a little bit of time to get up to speed. I mean, he did look a little better in the playoffs. Um, he looked, but like this, he looked, he looked like the Palat I knew in the playoffs. I mean, there was a couple plays in that Ranger series that were phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely, like, signs of playoff Palat, for sure, especially, obviously, the Game 7 goal that uh, set up Michael McLeod, you know, on the penalty kill that made it one nothing. There was that, and he sh- definitely showed some playoff Palat moments, but I'm just, you know, like, the, the, the Devils don't, obviously, now they don't need him to be, like, uh, you know, 55, 60-point scorer anymore with Toffoli and Timo Meyer on the team. But, like, they definitely need him to get, you know, get as close to possible as being... They need him to produce closer to $6 million a year. I don't think you're going to get them that much out of him at this point. But if he's like, a, I don't know, like, you know, 15 goals and like 45 points and, you know, he just kind of does the other little things that you love from him, that'd be a pretty good year. I'm, I'm interested to see if he can get back to that level. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, is is this his Dougie's come out season, right? Remember Dougie had a... Sh- had a tough first season with injuries and, and playing through them, and it wasn't the Dougie we thought we were getting. Um, definitely saw the flashes. Um, I, I think whole season recover. You know that that's a tough that's a tough surgery to come back from, especially uh, in that short of window. New team, and now he's fully settled in. Um, no six check too, right? They brought in another check. Yeah. Yeah. See, getting him a buddy. You know, the, the Fitz knows what he's doing here. Oh, yeah. So. You got Vanacek already too. Yeah, you got Vanacek and, and, and you know, you know, Patty Eliash and all that. Um, listen, I I think he I think I'm I'm buying Palat stock. Listen, is it is it the worst contract on the team? Without a doubt, from a points perspective, without a doubt. But we did see the flashes of playoff Palat. Um, I mean, we don't win that Ranger series without him. Yeah. Um, 
full stop. I I don't think we win that series without him. So um, I think I'm I'm going 50 points. I'm a neat 50. I mean, he's just going to get points by osmosis on how much firepower is on this team. Yeah, even if he's in the third line role, like it could be with like Eric Hall and Dawson Mercer. So like, yeah, the point, the potential for points is still there. Exactly, and he will probably be on one of the two power plays in the front yeah, of the net. For sure. Yeah. So, you know, he'll get points there just because I fully expect the power play to be bonkers this year. Absolute yeah. bonkers. Yeah, I mean, it will have a different. I guess it'll have a little bit of a different look with Travis Green heading it now. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still what Lindy Ruff wants to do. But you know, Green—that's another question mark too. Is like, is this going to look? I wouldn't have you know, listed it as top three for me. What's it going to look like with Andrew Burnett not around anymore? So, gonna miss Bruno. Yeah, miss but him. yeah, we knew he was going to get a head coaching uh, gig sooner than later. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think the job he did with the Devils just solidifies that. Um, man, what is your biggest concern going into camp? Um, I guess goaltending, but it's not like there's always goaltending is such a fickle position that, like, it, even if you got good goaltending, like, you just never know from year to year. Like, I'm pretty, I think the Devils have a pretty good tandem with Schmidt and Vanacek. Yeah, I've just this is like Vanacek still. He had a whole summer to think about that playoff series, um, his playoffs in general. So you know what's you know, can he just like put that behind him and just be what he was last season? I mean, if he is, then no problems. Same with Schmidt. Schmidt, I'm not really too concerned about that. Nothing seems to phase him, even though he said he was incredibly nervous when he made his first playoff start. Um, you wouldn't have guessed it by the way he played, but um, yeah, nothing really seems to phase him. So I'm not really too concerned about him. I guess that's yeah, my I, big, biggest oh, concern sorry. would be the goaltending. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you, right? I'd be silly not to. Um, but I'll leave you with this. The Bless you. Bless you. It was a cough, but thank you. Oh, coffee. <laughs> well, coffee. Um, so I'll leave you with this. Call me crazy, but I my biggest concern is, is where are we going to play Timo Meyer? Um to me, we never found a spot for him last year. Um, I think the line blender kept going. I just don't think they found a spot where he gelled uh, immediately. Um, and listen, this is a whole offseason. You get the whole camp. This is where you're going to figure it out. But, I mean, he's your highest paid forward now. You got to – you know, you got to make him happy, at, you know, a little bit, right? I mean, this is a team sport and whatnot, but you got to cater to him a little bit. I mean, you're, you're paying this guy $8.8 million a year for the next eight years. Um, that's, to me, one of the biggest questions, concerns. How are we going to fit? Where Where is Timo going to fit? Yeah, I think, like, the whole using him on the third line thing, like, I understood it because then you put like your three best play drivers on different lines. Um, I think we should see less of that this year. Um, unless. Yes. Yes. I mean, see, yeah. this is, this is my thing. Like we put Timo on the third line. Like he's not yeah, a third like, I think line you, player. Yeah, you got to have him in the top six pretty consistently. Now you could just flip him back and forth between Jack and um, Nico. I would like to see him more with Jack in the preseason. Um, I think that'd be cool to see. Um, I think one other concern for me too is like, they had really good injury luck last season. You know, is it going to be that good again? That's kind of tough to repeat. 
Um, there's nothing you can do about that. It's just like injuries. You really happen. just brought that up, did you? Well, it's a concern, and I wrote about it for internal access. Um, I don't know, some point in July. No, you so, are yeah. right, right? Yeah. But to, to be fair, they've had awful luck in previous seasons. Yeah. So um, I don't. I mean, they have organizational depth now. So like guys getting injured, them. It's a little like I think they could fill in guys unless it's like you have all like Meyer, Jack, and Nico out at the same time. I'd be like, okay, we're in trouble here. But. Yes, I think they can survive an injury yeah, or two. I agree with that. So I, it's a little bit of less concern for me because they have organizational depth now, um, and they have assets to like go make trades if anything happens too. So. Uh, not as much. That's why I didn't mention it as one of my three big concerns because it's not like at the top of the list for me. But um, yeah, I'm just interested to see the injury luck this season. Um, you know, like the Rangers, they've had incredible injury luck the last couple of years, but they fired like their trainer of 30 years. And like is it, all of a sudden, is everyone going to get hurt there? You know, we'll see. That's what I'm talking about, Alex. I knew I, I had to throw that in for you because I could tell you were a little upset that I brought it in. So I, I brought that up uh, just to end that conversation right there. <laughs> And I think we're going to end the pod on that because that was just such a good zinger and we'll leave everyone do that. But uh, shout out to the New York Rangers social media team today. Real yeah, well done. Was it Caco Capo? Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Starting the season off strong. Yeah. I'm sure Laviolette loves it. Great performance. I, I bet you he didn't even notice it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right. Uh, anything else we want to add before we hop into camp here? Uh, no, I think that covers it. Um, you know, we'll obviously have more to talk about once we get some media stuff from them over the next couple of days. And then, uh, yeah, preseason game. First one's Monday, split squad. I don't know if it's televised. I think Matt, Matt Lachlan was saying on the Prospects Challenge broadcast that he thinks one of those split squad, squad games will be streamed somewhere, but it wasn't like a, he wasn't 100% certain about it. Yeah, and I I don't know if it's next week or the week after, but we'll uh, be doing our Devils, our annual Devils on the Rush full season preview, player by player, uh, predicting lines, points, overs, unders, the whole the whole slam jamma, and I think we'll probably try and get a guest on in the next week or so. Yeah. All right. Um, with that, um, let's go Devils. Let's go Devils. 